All right, let's all stand together. I know your, your, uh, your backside is probably hurting now, so let's all stand together. And thank you for sitting that long. I have uh, just a 15 minutes, if you'll listen to me, I'll shorten it up a little bit. And because uh, I know you're ready to go to In-N-Out for Easter, aren't you? Amen. I know they have special things for, uh, for Easter over there. And thank you so much for standing. If you'll take out your program, there's a scripture in there. We're going to read that together. We're going to stand in respect of God's word of John chapter number 11. Thank you so much, choir. Thank you, church family, for all that you've, uh, you've done for today. Guests, thank you once again for coming. And I hope that was a blessing to you. Brother Russell, great work, man. And on the piano, such a, his grandparents came down. And thank you for coming to watch him. You look good in those stunner shades, brother. You look like a police officer or something. Amen. Good. All right. John chapter number 11. If you're there, you got your, you got your scripture in your Bible or you have the program, you can see the words. Would you say amen? About half of you. Let's try that again. Would you say amen? All right. Well, let's say Gilamashundi or something else. All right. Here we go. John chapter number 11. Look at verse 19. And many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. To catch up where you are in John chapter 11, a guy named Lazarus died. Lazarus was a friend of Jesus. Jesus was a friend of the family. And so he dies and the family's a little perturbed at Jesus because they thought, hey, you're out there healing everyone else. How come you didn't heal our brother? And so Lazarus dies. He's been dead for four days. Jesus shows up on the scene. That's where we're at. Look at verse 20. Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him and Mary sat still in the house. And Martha said unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. And Jesus saith unto her, thy brother shall rise again. Martha saith unto him, I know he'll rise again at the resurrection day. Every Jew knew, knows about the resurrection day at the end of the world. Yeah, he'll rise again at the end of the world. And Jesus says, no, 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 that's not what I'm talking about. Jesus saith unto her, and read the next part with me. I am the resurrection and the life. All right, let's all read that together. Ready, begin. I and the life. Boy, what a powerful statement. I am the resurrection and the life. And he says this, he that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? And she saith unto him, yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. Father, I pray for the next 10 or 15 minutes God, that you would please work. I know there's kids playing, there's cars running, but God, I pray that our minds would be stilled on thee for just a moment. Holy Spirit of God, we're here today because of you. Maybe somebody's here because a relative brought them, but Lord, really, they're here because of you because a relative wouldn't have brought them if it wasn't for you. So God, I pray that for just two or three minutes, five minutes, hold our attention. Help us to focus on you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. This is probably one of the most incredible stories of all time. Lazarus dies, and, and here's Mary and Martha, the brother. They're grieving, and the funeral's over. He has been buried in a tomb. And Jesus comes along. He shows up. Are you with me now? Are you with me? Look up here. Jesus is coming along, and here he's coming to talk to the family. And Martha's a little bit upset, so she marches out there. She's going to talk to Jesus and find out why he didn't show up on time. And so she walks out to Jesus, and she says to him, why weren't you here? Uh, why didn't you come? And we know that it, I almost fell there. That would have been funny. Amen. Got it on film too. Why weren't you here? And we know, we know that Jesus could have healed Lazarus from a distance. He's already done that. Matter of fact, Jesus at one point, someone said, I want you to heal my family member. And from a distance, Jesus said, uh, well, don't worry about it. They're already healed. By the time they got home, he was, why didn't Jesus heal Lazarus from a distance? Why, why, why didn't you do this? Why? 
And so Martha's a little bit perturbed, and Jesus shows up, and he says something interesting in verse 39. If you'll skip down to verse 39, he says, take away the stone. Excuse me? Take away the stone? That would be like if you went to a funeral of one of your relatives and your cousin showed up four days later and said, hey, let's, let's, let's dig out Uncle Tom because uh, we, we need to see what's going on. Let's dig up Uncle Tom and see what's going on. That's what Jesus was saying. Hey, oh, take away the stone. Now, Martha was a very practical lady. She looks at Jesus in the eyeballs and she says, Lord, if you read the text, it'll make you laugh. She said, Lord, it's been four days. He stinketh. He's not in good shape, Lord. That's not a good idea. But that doesn't stop Jesus. And by the way, you might be here and you might think my background stinks and what I've done in my life stinks. Well, I want to tell you something. That ain't going to stop Jesus. Hey, come on. Say amen, church. Hey, hey, where's my church members at? Say amen. I said, that's not going to stop Jesus, boy. You might have a background that's not pleasing to other people. They may not like who you are, but that won't stop Jesus. He's got something for you. Mrs. Hammonds, I see you back there. Hi, lady. So Jesus says in verse 43, he says, and when he had thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice. Lazarus, come forth. And all of a sudden, Lazarus sits straight up in the grave. His heart that had been dead for four days begins to pulsate and the blood begins to flow through his body. The skin that was tight and decomposing begins to reform. And, and Lazarus sits up and he takes a deep breath <gasps> and he comes back to life. And all of a sudden, Lazarus comes shimming out of that grave. Can you imagine the gardener over here planting flowers? He looks over and says, that's it, I'm out of here. I don't get paid enough for this. And he gets out. The people walking by, and they're walking by, they hear Lazarus. And I, Lazarus, I thought Lazarus died. And they're looking, they see him coming out of the grave. They take off. Here comes a mummy. He's, the Bible says he's wrapped in grave clothes. He comes out and Jesus says, take off his, loose him, loose him. What an amazing story. I said, what an amazing story. Jesus brought someone back from the life. That's called resurrection. Jesus says something to Martha. Why did, why did Jesus wait four days? I thought about that. Why didn't he just heal Lazarus before he died? How many believe Jesus could have done that if he'd done it before? Why did he wait? What was the purpose? Because Jesus was using Lazarus as a sermon illustration. He wanted to use Lazarus as an example, an object lesson. You see, Jesus didn't just raise Lazarus from the dead. Jesus didn't just raise other people from the dead. Jesus didn't just raise himself from the dead. Raising people from the dead isn't just what he did. Raising people from the dead is who he is. Christ doesn't just raise people from the dead. He is the resurrection from the dead. Listen this morning. Where's my church members? I said, listen this morning. Jesus Christ doesn't just raise people from the dead. Without Jesus Christ, there is no resurrection from the dead. He's the only catalyst for resurrection. He's the only agent for resurrection. Without Christ, there is no resurrection. Can I ask you an important question this morning? What happens after we die? Just think about that for a moment. I know there's a lot of opinions on that. And by the way, we're here today, and I'm not trying to uh, get you to become a Baptist. That's not why we're doing this. I'm not here, here today to try to impress you or anything like that. We want to impress you. We want you to be impressed. But I'm only here today to, to tell you some really good news today. Some really good, come on now, some really good news. I'm say I'm ready for some good news. Brother Lynch, are you ready for some good news back there? What happens to us after we die? What happens to us after we die? Do we just go into the ground and cease to exist? Do we get reincarnated and come back as someone else? Hey, if I come back as someone else, I want to come back as that guy who taste tests for in and out Can I get on the list for that? Amen. I'd gladly taste test for them. Amen. No. Does everyone go to heaven? We become a chubby baby and shoot arrows at each other. Amen. No. What happens after we die? 
No doubt the afterlife is on everybody's mind at some point. Everybody thinks about that at some point. Instinctively, we know there's life after death. Instinctively, we know that there's a God. You can sit there and tell your friends and your family you don't believe in God all you want, but the Bible says in Romans chapter number one that in the heart of man, he places inside of us that there is a God, and we know growing up that there's a God, and we know that there's a God. You can pretend like he doesn't exist, like put your hands over your eyes, and you're not there, God, but I'm telling you this morning, he's there, and you know it, and there's an afterlife, and you know it. So what happens to us after we die? You want me to tell you? Come on, brother. <laughs> he said, tell us. The good news is today we have this book right here. You know what's great about this book? It tells you what happens to you after you die. It tells you what happens to you after you die. It tells you what to do about it. We have the Bible, and some people say, I don't believe in God. I always ask them the same question. Uh, have you ever read the Bible? The answer is usually no. I tell you what this morning, if you say you don't believe in God or you don't believe in the Bible, then you better read through the Bible about a hundred times before you decide that. Because you better be sure that you don't believe it before you read it. Amen? Come on now. Amen. Let me tell you three quick, powerful truths, okay? And I'll be done. Number one, everyone will die someday. Everyone will, You say, man, I didn't come here to hear that. Well, you did, man. So everyone will die someday. How many agree with that statement? All right, you have. That's one thing you agree with me on. Okay, we, we all die someday. We know that state. I know that doesn't shock you. The biggest problem with dying isn't the fact that we don't know we're going to die. The problem is we don't know when or where. My son asked me, my 15-year-old asked me the other day, he said, Dad, I got a question for you. I said, what's up, bud? He, he always has these weird like, questions for me. He said, Dad, would you rather know, would you rather know how you're going to die or would you rather know when you're going to die? I said, what's wrong with you? I don't want to know either one of those things. Hebrews chapter number 9, verse 27 says, it's appointed unto man once to die. I had the guys bring up this curtain. And this curtain, I want to represent something today. There isn't much between us and life after earth. If you would today pretend with me that this right here is what separates life and death. On this side of, and this side of this is life, and I'm living on the earth, on this side is eternity. And there's really not much separating us between life and death. Really, the truth is all that separates us is one breath, one breath. And we step from the earthly to the eternal, one breath. The veil between life and death is very thin very thin. The Bible says we have an appointment that we will all die someday. How many understand that today? It's appointed unto man once to die. But can I ask you a question? What's on the other side of that curtain? What's on the other side of this curtain? What comes after death? Let me give you number two, then the second powerful truth. Number two, everyone will live eternally somewhere. So everyone will die someday, and everyone will live eternally somewhere. Jesus said, whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. He said that. Believest thou this? Every single person listening to my voice this morning, whether you're sitting in a chair, or whether you're watching at home online, or watch it later, every single person, whether you like it or not, your soul is going to exist somewhere. What's in your heart? What's in your mind? You are going to exist. You are going to exist for eternity. Eternity. Now Paul says, we're confident. Willing rather to be absent from the body is to be present from the Lord. Paul says, I'm so happy and I'm confident that when I die and I step through the veil, I'm absent from my body and I'm present with the Lord. Now that's a wonderful truth. Daniel says this in Daniel chapter 12, and many of them that sleep, that's a Bible word for die. So many of them that die in the dust of the earth shall awake some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. The Bible says that you're going to exist forever, somewhere. Everyone dies and everyone will exist eternally somewhere. You are an eternal being. The book of Genesis says that God breathed into our nostrils the breath of life 
and man became a living soul. Yes, your body will perish, but your soul lives forever. Joey, would you help me real quick? Would you grab that, the end of that rope and bring it up here? I have a simple illustration to illustrate eternity today. You see the colored in there? Would you hand me that colored in? Yep, just like that. I know this is, this is an original with me. I, I saw this at one point. It was so powerful, I thought I'd share it with you today. Imagine with me that this rope went forever. Okay, I'm going to walk all the way over here. It doesn't go forever, okay? It stops at that cross over there. But imagine with me that this rope went forever. It went past that cross. It went past the cars. It went all the way to L.A. and down through Mexico and around the earth a couple of times and out in outer space. And it just kept going forever. How many with me now? How many with me? It just goes forever and ever and ever. Now, I want you to imagine with me that this rope is a timeline. It's a timeline. And look at this little red part right here. The end of that rope is when you were born. And the other end of that red portion is when you die. And that's your life. That's your life. I hope you live a long time. I was just sharing with a couple of our, our church members over there. Brother Tom, Thomason, where did you go, brother? I don't, Jim, I don't know where you went, but I led a guy to the Lord, a little, a little boy, not a little boy, a teenager to the Lord. He was 16 years old on his street, actually. And uh, this was about 13, 14 years ago. He was hit by a train about a year later, killed, 16 years old. I don't know how long that, I don't know how long your red part is. It could be, I hope you live 80 years old. I hope you live, I hope you live 100 years old. But the truth is, we don't know how long our red portion is. But I'll tell you this, you have no idea. Listen, look up here. You have no idea how long that red part is, but you have an eternity to live after that. So what's going to happen in a thousand years? What's going to happen in 50,000 years? What's going to happen a million years from now? Where are you going to be? Here's the amazing part. Patrick, this is amazing. It blows my mind. We are so concerned about what's going on in this red part. Boy, we're so consumed with what's going on in this red. I got to work real hard. I got to work real hard. This part, so I can, I can enjoy this part of my, I can move to Florida and collect seashells right here. Amen. Right here is where I'm going to retire. And so we work our entire lives. We work, we consume our entire lives for this little tiny red part. And we don't think about what happens after that. Eternity. Eternity. Everyone will die someday, but everyone will live eternally somewhere. I'll give you the third truth, and then we'll be done for the day, and you can go get some Easter eggs, all right? Number three, everyone decides where at some point. So everyone will die someday. Everyone will live forever somewhere, and everyone decides where at some point. I'm so thankful you're here today. I'm so glad that you're here. Some of you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior today. Some of you have no idea. If you were to die today and that you hit that last, that last point, you have no idea. You cross that veil. You have no idea where you'll be a million years from now. I'm so glad you're here. You have an opportunity to ask Christ to save you today. It's not too late. You're still here. You're still in the red part. Once, you, once you're done with that red part, you can't go back. Nobody does. At some point in your little red section, you have to make a very important decision. Today may be your last opportunity. I don't know how many times and how many chances God will give you, but today might be the last one. This is what Easter is all about. I said, this is what Easter is all about. On Christmas, Christ was born. He came to die on a cross for my sins because I know I'm a sinner. Hey, listen, I know I'm a sinner. I'm a pastor. I sin all the time. I'm a sinner just like you. There's nothing different between you and me other than you're a little better looking than I am. Amen. There's nothing different. I'm a sinner just like you. And listen, I understand that Jesus Christ came. He died on that cross. The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is none righteous. No, not one. All have, they're all together become unprofitable. They've all gone out of the way. I know I'm a sinner. I know it. I know it. That's why Christ came, but God commended his love. 
That means he demonstrated his love toward us. While I was yet a sinner, Christ died for us. Listen, he didn't die for me because I was a good person. He didn't die for me because I was a great person. He died for me because I was a sinner. And listen, I came to the cross not because I was a good person. I came to the cross because I'm a sinner. Any other sinners here today? Come on now. Amen. So I understood that. And I understand that. But Jesus, that's Christmas. But here, we're not celebrating Christmas today. No, we're celebrating the resurrection. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet will he live. Listen, even if you were dead, even if you're dead and your trespasses and sins today, and you don't have life, you could come to Christ today. It's not too late. It's not too late. Jesus asked three simple words. He asked three words to Martha. Believest thou this? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. At some point, you're going to walk through that veil. At some point, you have to decide on earth, yes or no to Christ. You remember the verse I quoted earlier, it's appointed unto man once to die? The Bible says this, and after this, the judgment. Once you walk through that veil, once you step through that veil, it's a very thin veil. The Bible says we come face to face with God. The Bible tells us in the book of Revelation, and I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it, from whom the whole earth and heaven fled away, but there was no place found for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which they had done according to their works. One of these days, you're going to stand before God, just like I will. And we're going to have to answer God a question. Why should I let you into heaven? The Bible says death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. I hope you're listening today. Don't let the devil distract you today. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life. Are you listening today? I'm not trying to offend you. I'm just reading you the Bible. If you don't like it, take it up with God. He's the one that wrote it. Amen. Whosoever's name was not found written in the book of life was cast in the lake of fire. This is the second death. One of these days we'll stand before God and he's going to say, why should I let you into heaven? Well, I was a good person, God. You you should have seen all that. Matthew chapter number seven says, there are many be in that day that say, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? Have we not done wonderful works in thy name? And he'll say, depart from me. I never knew you. Well, I'm a good person. I, I, I do a whole lot of good works. I mean, I give a lot of money and I, I do charity work and I do all those things. Oh, but Ephesians chapter number two, verse eight, nine says, for by grace are you saved through faith, not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Listen, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. You can't work your way to heaven. You can't try your way to heaven. You can't give your way to heaven. You can't volunteer your way to heaven. All you can do is come to the cross. I said, all you can do is come to the cross and say, Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. There's nothing good about me. There's nothing good that I've done. All you can do is come to the cross. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Hey, listen, it's not complicated. I said, it's not complicated. You don't have to go past, go collect $200. You don't have to do all these different steps, programs, all these different things. All you need to do is come to the cross and say, Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. Jesus, I know. Would you forgive me? Would you save me? Would you save me? Isn't that a blessing? I said, isn't that a blessing? Is anybody listening today? I said, isn't that a blessing? Aren't you glad you don't have to become a good person to get saved? Amen, because some of us ain't good people. Amen. No, just come to the cross. You might be thinking today, I believe all of what you're saying, preacher. I believe in the Bible. I believe in Jesus. I believe in all that stuff. I just, I don't know. What am I supposed to do with that information? What am I supposed to do with that today? Well, I just want you to remember something. Whatever you decide today in this little red portion of your life is what would determine eternity. If you were to die today, 
Which eternity will you experience? You may think it's a game. You might think it's a joke. But before you decide that it's a game or a joke, you might want to read the Bible through a few times before you decide that. Because eternity is a long time. Are you with me this morning? Eternity is a long time. It's okay. I get it, preacher. What do I do? What do I do? It's very simple today. Very simple. You don't have to pass go. You don't have to collect $200. You don't have to join our church. You don't have to do anything. All you need to do is cry out to God. You say, God, would you save me today? I know I'm, I know I'm a sinner and I'm tired of running from you. I'm tired of pretending like you're not there. Would you save me today? Now I'm going to pray and we'll have an opportunity here for you to pray. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me?